Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of It Was All A Stream. I'm Chris Sachs, here with my cousin and co-host, Neil Carroll. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. We should just get right into it. Let's we dive have in. another episode of WandaVision to talk about. Episode three. A lot going on in this episode. A lot of overt stuff. Yeah, but in the first two episodes, it was more subtle, a lot of the things happening. But this mm. third episode was very much kind of in your face with the references that they were making. Oh, yeah. Um, they actually just gave um, all of the episodes titles. So the first episode was titled Filmed Before a Live Studio Audience. The second okay. one was Don't Touch That Dial. And the third episode that we're going to talk about was called Now in Color. So that makes sense. As always, I am going to reference our good friend Wikipedia. Wandapedia for our purposes. Yes, Wandapedia. That is right. So Dr. Nielsen is checking in on Wanda's pregnancy and says she is four months along and everything is fine before leaving for an intended holiday with his wife. While Vision sees Nielsen out, he sees his neighbor Herb unknowingly cut through their wall. Wanda and Vision paint a nursery while debating what to name their child before Wanda's pregnancy elevates to six months. When she begins contractions, her abilities begin to move things in the house and eventually shut down the entire town's power. Geraldine arrives and helps Wanda deliver twins, Tommy and Billy. Vision catches Agnes and Herb gossiping outside. They talk about Geraldine, who has just arrived in town and does not have a home or a family. Inside, Wanda interrogates Geraldine after the latter reveals that she knows Ultron killed Wanda's twin brother, Pietro. Wanda notices that Geraldine is wearing a pendant with a sword emblem on it. When Vision returns, Geraldine is gone. Outside of Westview, Geraldine is cast out from a wall of static and is surrounded by sword agents. Meanwhile, there was a commercial during the program that advertises Hydra Soak bath powder a lot to unpack so let's start with the beginning okay can we start with the doctor yes all right here is i don't think he's necessarily um key to the plot of like danger and mayhem and and whatever's forwarding it but i was delighted by his name, Dr. Nielsen. Dr. Nielsen. Nielsen ratings. Back Correct. when sitcoms mattered and we were doing all that. So I was like, that's a fun thing because that's for no one. Like, that's just, they were like, you know what? We're going to do this because someone will get it. That was so, I love it. Um, this is obviously a Brady Bunch uh, spoof. The house. Um, the neighbor, the, you know, the vision, the way he's dressed. And also what I thought was interesting is it's not an exact replica of like the, the inside of the Brady house, but there's enough there. Like the, Oh, there's a word for it. The, 
when when there's it's like bi level house and you can see the stairs going all yep. the way up and it's not in its own it's kind of like a loft yeah so like those wooden shag steps that mm-hmm. are heading up and it's a very specific style wooden thing um just reminiscent like it was all reminiscent enough where you immediately got it without it being an exact yep. replica. just like little touches that i appreciate you get the the similar um opening credits to the brady bunch as well but instead of squares you're getting that right. same hexagon shape that we keep seeing now this is the third um Generation. credit sequence that we're seeing that shape um don't know what it stands for but interesting nonetheless um well i thought it was the um i thought it was the mindstone don't you think i kind of felt like it could be aim okay because it's kind of that's that's a um that's a symbol that's used often in their logo um but i'm not sure i'm not sure what it means you know it's got a hexagon it's got six sides i don't know is that is that like a that's not a devil thing that's like a penta pentagram is like a devil or something um but definitely i mean you're bringing that up you're going in that direction the devil thing definitely more sinister this episode even with the you know even with the guy coming out of the sewer in the last episode and very dark this is more sinister i think very much so let's like i guess the next thing that happens after the doctor leaves and you see you know it's kind of silly that she's pregnant and she's this pregnant so quickly it's only been 12 hours and you know that's a good banter again paul bettany doing a great job on the comedy side like trying to figure out what it means for her to be four months pregnant when it's only been 12 hours and asking the doctor questions it was pretty funny Um, but the doctor leaves um vision walks the doctor out and herb is next door and he's trimming the the bushes the hedges on his uh side of the on his property i should say and Mm. there's a brick wall that separates the property and he starts cutting into the brick wall almost like he's glitching pretending like there's nothing weird about what he's doing there well right exactly and so a glitching is a good word to use and then Catherine hahn stumbles across him in time to well not in not in the beginning not in the beginning i'm Which, wondering if it was almost like it could obviously just be a glitch i wonder if it's also almost a nod to like him subconsciously trying to escape like I he's like trying that. to break the wall that's holding them in break the him in in the place and it's interesting like it's really tough to un- like kind of figure out throughout these three episodes who knows what true because there's certain times where you're like thinking these people are all trapped in here but then there are other times where you're kind of thinking well they're they know a little bit more than they're letting on especially Mm -hmm. certain characters even more so than others without Um, a doubt so with him I, you know, I like where you're going with with uh, trying to escape or glitching, trying to get out. 
But on first viewing, to me, it was like when you used to watch old sitcoms, even in color, even like the Brady Bunch, not just the Isle of Lucy's and all that. But when you watch sitcoms, no one exists until the main character is with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like I, I, he was trimming those hedges all through the episode because he was doing it in the beginning, cuts through the wall, strange. Then we have a whole episode and he, Paul Bettany goes out back there. outside and he's still out there. Like that's his thing yep. in that episode. Yep. So I just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a little more mechanical for me, a little more methodical. Yeah. Strangeness. Let's give a shout out to Paul Bettany's. He's got a great voice for exasperation. Yes, he does. Like he is funny when he's, when he like, he doesn't when know what's flustered. going on. Yes. Yes. Yeah when he's flustered. And I just, I enjoyed him for several scenes that I'm sure we're going to talk about his flustered voice is hysterical. So uh, they're already establishing with, with Paul Bettany seeing her kind of messing up the, the wall. Mm. He goes back inside. They do more sitcom-y things. They're decorating the, the nursery. Um, They give a good nod. One um, I think, Vision wants to name the son Billy. Mm -hmm. If it's a boy, Wanda wants to name them Tommy or vice versa, whichever Mm -hmm. way around. Um, And then uh, Wanda kind of starts having false contractions, which is supposed to, it's showing that she's now accelerated because Vision's reading his pregnancy book and seeing like, oh, that's at six months. So then he's trying to calculate when that the baby's going to be due like Friday afternoon or something. Little does he know it's just going to be later that afternoon. Later that day. Um, But when that happens, the world around them kind of freaks out and all the power goes haywire and it knocks out the power in the entire town. And Wanda says something like, oh, I'm starting to get worried. Like with all these close calls, everyone's on the verge of discovering who we are. Right. Vision kind of snaps out of his dreamlike state, I would say. And he kind of says, yeah, with what happened at dinner with the hearts and then the what happened the last episode and and now with this i i saw herb he was cutting through our wall wanda i think something's wrong here and then what does wanda do so she responds but here's my thing and i'm sure i'm not the only person i thought there was a glitch on my roku on my screen yes when she all of a sudden she rewound it to before he says that and gets a different answer out of him which means he's uh, pliable in this state that she's in. He's man- manipul- man- manipulatable. That's not a word. He can able be, manipulated. To be manipulated. Able to be manipulated. Yes. Yes. Although I think the way I phrased it is a far better use of the term. Absolutely. Um, uh, new yeah. Word. Um, yeah. It's it's. Uh, we got to see how it plays out. It was kind of similar to the the beekeeper scene mm. at the end of the previous episode. The only yeah. difference is you don't actually see the rewind. It just jumps back to a few seconds before, you know, vision is all concerned. Um, 
Then we get the commercial. We have Hydra Soak. Find the goddess right. within. Um, the the soap has the Hydra symbol like as a pattern on the box. Right. It was very like in your face of what in the reference face. was there. The only thing that I was wondering if it means something is the slogan that they used, which was find the goddess within. Right. I don't know if that's a reference to any character or anything. I was trying to think, but like it's not jumping out at me because I'm trying to relate it to her and I'm not, I'm just not getting it. Um, but she, I mean, let's like, let's slide into these, you know, dealing with these two kids here. Just like House of M, she's got two kids now. She has two kids, she, Tommy and Billy. So later on in the episode, she actually has the kids. Tommy and Tommy and Billy. It was kind of a cute thing where she has the one and he says, Oh, look at Tommy. And that was the name that yes. she wanted. And then it's almost that they didn't realize there was going to be another baby. Even she didn't. And then she has it. I wonder if because vision let her have the name that she wanted, she conjures another baby oh. to have so that he could have, a, a baby that he named Interesting. too. Um, so Interesting. they didn't actually have to make the choice. Um, so that was kind of a cute thing that they did with that. But Billy and Tommy are the names from the comic books of the twins that she has. Um, right. That was, if you listened to a couple episodes ago when we did our uh, WandaVision preview trivia, you would have learned that if you haven't go back and check it out it's still available um so they are the twins from the comics and potentially people think that they might be setting up young avengers because down the storyline you know the twins they get taken back by mephisto they don't exist anymore and then they kind of come back reincarnated but not as wanda's actual children it's all very weird and comic booky as right young avengers wiccan and speed so they have the powers interestingly enough of wanda and her her brother brother, quicksilver now i was which so i was thinking a lot about this and when they do end this show or when they do snap out of this situation there's going to be a moment like i think they're leading to this moment where you know she in the comics says no more mutants Mm -hmm. i think they're going to have to flip it on its ear and she's going to say like mutants or all mutants or something and that's how you get the crossover into the marvel universe because we've been talking about how do we get them in so i think maybe they just flip it potentially yeah and apparently there has been um i don't know if it's been confirmed or not but Mm. um i'm forgetting his name he plays quicksilver in the um newer x-men movies yeah he apparently was cast for this show Show. as that version of Quicksilver. Interesting. I don't know how true that rumor is, but I'm pretty sure it got confirmed that he's in it. I like him. I'm forgetting. I'm drawing a blank on the name too, but I like that actor and I like that portrayal of Quicksilver. 
Um, you know, we were talking in our personal lives about X-Men and doing a rewatch and I did X one and I did the dark Phoenix, which does not, we don't need to be discussing. No. Um, but I did like some of the elements of those movies and he was definitely one of them. He added something to that, to those proceedings. He 1000, 1000% did. Um, and to bring him into WandaVision, I think is smart depending on how they're going to do it. Um, Evan Peters is his Evan name. Evan Peters, Evan Peters. But he's, yeah, I mean, so good. Kid's good. Excellent actor. He's going to add something to WandaVision in any capacities and whether he's Quicksilver or not, the rumor is he is. Um, but they're, they're, they've got to be leading towards cracking that interdimensional barrier and bringing them in, getting yeah. them, you know. So then let's get into the um, the Geraldine of it all. Who Geraldine, she Geraldine. comes over in the middle of Wanda, uh, her, her water breaks and there's a big rainstorm that she creates because of it. And yes. everyone thinks that their pipes burst because it all happened at everyone's houses. Geraldine comes right. over for a bucket and she realizes, Oh my God, you're pregnant. She's starting to have the baby vision's gone. He goes off to grab the doctor and bring him back. Geraldine's there helps deliver Billy and Tommy. As we know, vision comes back. He goes outside to, Bid the doctor adieu. He says a very interesting thing as he's leaving. He's like, "Oh, I guess we're not going on our trip to Bermuda. Um, small towns, so hard to escape. So hard to escape." Again, kind of alluding to the fact that yes. they're all trapped there. Um, then you have um, Vision sees Agnes talking to Herb. And they're kind of whispering about Geraldine, like, and then they start asking Vision questions like, oh, is, is Geraldine in there with Wanda? And he's like, yeah, why? And they're like, well, you know, it's just strange. She, She's new to town. She doesn't right. have a home and she has no family. Uh, and then they kind of start to say, I think she's here because we're all. And then right. Agnes stops Herb from saying what he's going to say, whatever it is, and Vision kind of goes off. But that's the first sign that Geraldine, something's going on with Geraldine. And then inside, something's going on with Geraldine. They're having a conversation, Geraldine and Wanda, and Wanda sings in her, um, what is the country they're from again? Oh my God, I can't Sokovia. Sokovia. In her Sokovian language, she's singing to the uh, lullaby to the twins. And she says, Oh, that's so nice. And um, Wanda says, Yeah, I, you know, I was a twin too. And Geraldine, which we get a lot of Quicksilver references in this episode, she says uh, that, um, yes he was killed by Ultron. Like she snaps out of the, the dream right? for a minute. And Wanda's like, what did you just say? And then she kind of forgets what she just said or realizes she slipped or whatever it is. We don't really know. Well, that's and the Wanda's thing. Wanda's like, not having it. Is she, right. Is she forgetting what she said? Is it like she's an undercover agent that's not really that good? Or is it like... 
you're sent in there with a mission, but the longer you stay in there, the the more your mind gets fuzzy. Type you're almost of thing. like in a trance. You, you right. get in a trance, and she kind of momentarily broke out of that trance, but didn't right. know what was happening. So maybe she yeah. was asking, "Wait, did your brother get killed by Ultron?" And then she snaps back into the trance. Do you think? Because you know, and, and we can skip around a bit because we're coming mm-hmm. to the end. You know, she's Geraldine's expelled from this yes she dream is. or whatever Wanda it is. Throws her out somehow off camera this happens because she realizes she's wearing a sword necklace right and she saw that symbol on the beekeeper she has to know to some um level that the people with that symbol are trying to break through this dream at, at the very least now so she she purges her from the dream state we're gonna call it the dream state and what we see is her essentially drop out of the sky, roll a bit, and then these cars, you know, very government-like response. These cars pull up. There's a helicopter, helicopter from the uh, earlier episodes. There's yep. a helicopter hovering with a light on her. And in the background, excuse me, in the background, like you said from the um, description, a static wall. Static, like you used to see on television when, Mm -hmm. you know, it would be like after 11 and the TV would just go to snow. But do you think that all those people are trapped because she, Wanda, basically took over a real town and essentially bubbled the town in this TV-like state? And that's why they can't get out. And then she can purge people through the, you know, that's how they escape the small town. Well, or do you think it's more, so she's, you know, because here's why I say it. Because of that static wall, it gives this thing a physical location. It does. And it's interesting because when they do zoom out or transition from mm. um, the fantasy world to the real world where, right. um, Geraldine, who we know is Monica Rambo, right. um, gets thrown out. They pan across the actual Westview sign, right. the town sign there, and it's like a normal kind of sign with like a little gas station symbol and like a bunch of different town food symbols, stuff like that. Yeah. And so I think that you're right there, that it is an actual town that she just has surrounded into this new reality that she's created um i don't know if the people in the town are citizens um or again they could be they very well could be or at least a lot of them i think agnes is definitely agatha harkless because again she is for whatever reason wants to herb to keep the secret of what's going on from vision she definitely knows much more than well anybody i would probably say it's like wanda knows the most about what's going on and then it's like either tied or just below her as far as the knowledge of what's happening is agatha definitely or agnes i guess i should keep calling her she so like I'm, i'm gonna write this series like here's you know if, here's where i'm going with this i think 
at this moment, based off what they've shown us, I think she might have harmed some people. And they're like, you know, there was a, there was a Twilight Zone episode where all these adults had to be really nice to this kid. And, you know, they, they were in this old scary mansion. I forget the name of the episode. And this kid had all these magic powers. And every time an adult would piss him off, he would turn him into a jack-in-the-box or he would, you know, send him to the wheat field, Danny. Send, and then, like, the guy would whoosh out into the wheat field and be out there on his own with the evil birds or whatever it was. I think Wanda maybe is tormenting these people or when they when they turn on her she blinks them out of existence or that's it they go away so the ones that survived and like maybe agnes knows more than the rest of them is like just shut up dude if you you know if you let it slip or you mess around she's gonna blink you out see i don't know about that though because we've seen people slip before which makes me think that they're actual townspeople right because in the first episode you had um mrs hart kind of slip out of the trance and then back into it um like she lets people get back into it there was the other the the blonde dotty um but that's when they get slips out of it it. and then he herb was into it i think well herb she didn't interact with herb vision did um but i think so those two instances those two were allowed to kind of slip back into the dream when geraldine slips back into the dream wanda doesn't let her stay because she saw the sword symbol she knows she's working for sword so that's she's trying to keep sword out i think she's fine with villagers or townspeople staying yeah if that's who they are and then i think you have agnes who isn't a citizen of the town she is a assistant of mephisto or whatever mm-hmm. it is um she's there kind of manipulating yeah. two on top tr- of trying to keep it going long doing. enough until they can get their mission accomplished whatever their whatever mission is. is yeah right. exactly all right and i don't know maybe herb's in on it with with agnes to some extent um but it got to be a physical look yeah got to be they took over town thing that i wanted to mention and i wonder if you noticed because there was a lot of reference to quicksilver this episode pretty overtly with geraldine men- bringing up that he got killed by ultron wanda um Right. mentioning that she was a twin like obviously that brings up memories you're seeing a lot of her memories being brought to this reality outside of just this being a fantasy of what she wants her life to be there's a lot of the past that come into it what was interesting to me was how does vision go and get the doctor well he he fly. doesn't fly to him he runs he fast. uses super speed uh, to run and get the doctor and bring him back. That makes me think, because people are wondering what's going on with Vision, that he is right. a product of this reality. Right. He's like the twins. He's been conjured by Wanda. Right. He's not someone who's trapped. Because I, okay. she can send him to right. go get the doctor. 
doing something that's not actually his power. It's her brother's power. So yeah, he's wholly a product of her imagination. That's what I think right now. Otherwise, it was just an interesting nod to Quicksilver. But I think that's giving us a little bit more answer um, to what his existence here is. Because, you know, we've seen in the commercials too, like people say, oh, you're dead and stuff like that. So he's going to slowly realize he is a figment of Wanda's imagination because he's starting to put it together. He's starting to piece it together. Right. Right. He's definitely starting to piece it together. He, you know, it's just, it's peculiar. It's, it's, I wonder if it's interesting too, that she can rewind him, but she doesn't rewind any of the other people in the world. She rewinds him. She rewinds with the beekeeper, but she doesn't rewind with Geraldine. She doesn't rewind with Dottie. She doesn't rewind with the hearts. I follow you, but but the beekeeper was not of her design, just like Geraldine wasn't. Yeah, but we know she rewinds them back into the house. But does he? Does the beekeeper get rewound, or was I he still you. there? I follow you. Okay, okay. I, I don't all know. Right. I can I'm accept just, that. I'm getting too into the weeds, but Man, that's kind but of. You know what? That's that's an acceptable. Maybe she was in the bee, you know, in the outfit. That's how she got in, or something. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, no, she was in it prior. But yeah, that's I'll go with that. I'll go with that. But I'm curious where they where they take us next, because now we've got kids in this production. Now we've got uh, Mm -hmm. a more curious vision. We've got a neighbor who, if we see again, is probably terrified of whatever's happening and the secret he has to keep. Also, I think because she while she played a pivotal role in this episode, she was not really a key like figure uh Catherine Hahn Agnes mm-hmm. like she popped in and delivered a very important scene but I think in the next episode like I think she's gonna have to have more to do because yeah. she seems like you said to know what's going on right and uh, now I, that we know yeah like are we gonna be in both worlds now because Geraldine's in the outside so that's that's right. what I was going to say. I think we're going to get more of the outside world now moving forward. Um, we'll obviously still get the sitcom aspects of everything going on, but I think we're going to get a larger dose of what's going on outside of this yeah. bubble um, because Geraldine, a.k.a. Monica Rambo, is now outside of the world. Um right going to be interesting to see I, i'm excited Very. for episode four apparently um paul bettany tweeted at someone that our minds are going to be blown with episode four minds which is great blown. sounds sounds great to me um yeah overall which, like listen people think I, that wandavision yeah. is going kind of slow and that's what yeah. um paul bettany was kind of referring to mm. with he was answering in the tweet that people think it's uh, he's like no like your mind's gonna be blown in episode four blah 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 right. but this was set up like i i think they're doing a great job they're pacing it perfectly they're giving me enough where you know i don't feel like 
I guess comparing it to Mandalorian, which is kind yeah. of the closest thing that we have to something yeah, like this. I agree with that. Um, we're not getting those bottle episodes where they just throw something in that's right. a, a con- connector to the larger story arc. This, they are sprinkling yeah. hints and mystery throughout every episode, linking to the next the... one and leaving you on the edge of your seat wondering okay. what's going on. I mean, yes. Like where we are a full decade in, you know, where we've gotten at at a minimum one film a year for the last decade. Not only that, yeah. but we've also been like insulated with TV shows, different, you know, MCU on streaming and all that stuff. So there's been a decade to immerse ourselves in this world. So you're definitely got people like us that are just we're we're willing to wait for episodes. We're willing to take yeah. it slow and watch it because there's enough there to keep us interested. There's enough there to keep us talking about it. I'll tell you what, though, you get people 10 years younger than us that like Captain America, that like these movies, that watch them and all that. And like they're the wannabe fans. So they're going to watch WandaVision. Mm-hmm. You, you, I could see where they're going to send out texts like or tweets like this is boring or this is slow or this is that because they just there's not you know they weren't they haven't been there for the ride and so there's not enough for them going yeah. on. Like, I get that. I do get that. Yep. It's Absolutely. a little. It is a little slow. You know, it's all right for us. It's a little slower. You know, I, I you know, I don't know. I'm enjoying myself again from the nostalgia perspective. A whole different element. Absolutely. But. So good stuff. Can't wait. I, I, I am excited. I hope you're right. I want to see the outside world. Yeah. Like I'm ready to get a little bit more information yeah. now, but you know, because we'll, we'll, talk we'll, about mind blowing. Imagine if you get some characters, some movie characters pop in. That's true too. You know what I mean, you never know. We might get some cameos. We haven't gotten really gotten a cameo yes. yet. We know we're getting um, Darcy from the Thor movies. Oh yeah. The we know we're getting her at some point. We know we're getting Agent Wu at Agent some Wu. point as well. But I wonder if there's going to be any bigger characters that make yeah, a cameo in these. Um, all right. We will circle back on WandaVision next week and recap episode four for you. But in the meantime... Let's do some rolling or trolling. Rolling. First, before we get yes. into it, we just want to acknowledge that Larry King passed away. Yeah. Last week. We um, you know, sending our condolences to his family. And, you know, obviously he had a huge impact on just pop culture in general. Um, mm. He was 87, which is crazy to believe Huge. because i feel like he was 87 for the past like 20 years so that in <laughs> itself right. was an accomplishment that is right he was so i mean larry lar he was just old forever but he was everywhere and he he showed up as himself in films he was willing to kind of spoof his interview style he had a good sense of humor about himself he was a decent talk show hoget talk show guest and he worked well with the hosts that's where i was going with that um he had a very funny skit with uh 
Craig Ferguson back when Craig had his show and he had a robot, Jeffrey. And Larry King stopped by and did the voice of the robot. And it was just genius. Anybody wants to YouTube that, you'll have a lot of fun. But Larry King, I mean, like he, he was really, he was credible. And presidents, ex-presidents, um, dignitaries, foreign dignitaries, they would all show up. He, you know, he deserves a lot of credit, had a huge career. And, uh, you know, he'll be missed. That's, a, that's an era that's ended now. Yeah, absolutely. A, a, a interview style that really... I would be surprised gets followed mm. at least in the next, you know, few years, Definitely. unless kind of things change. Um, all right. Fun. Let's get into fun stuff. Fun stuff. Rolling or trolling. Rolling. I guess this first one isn't that fun. A ton <laughs> of movies that are meant to come out in the first half of 2021 were yes. delayed last week. Mm. We had, Nobody, that's the Bob Odenkirk, right. uh, John Wick movie. Um, Tom Hanks' uh, movie, Bios, um, that's apparently a sci-fi castaway, which is interesting. Okay. That got moved from April April to August. Um, the King's Man got moved to August. A Quiet Place Part 2 got moved from April to September. Mm-hmm. No Time to Die got moved to October. Um, Edgar Wright's horror film Last Night in Soho got moved to October. Ghostbusters Afterlife got moved to November. Morbius got moved from June all the way to January 2022. Tom Holland's Uncharted movie based off the video game got moved to February 2022. And the Bob's Burgers movie was pushed and there is no new release date for that. That was all just last week. It was almost pretty much like the same day. Everyone just made these moves. Um, Neil, are are you rolling or trolling with with delaying the first half movie release slate of uh, basically everything we were supposed to get this year? Um, I am trolling it, and I'll tell you why that that's the correct response. Trolling all of that for moving is because we talked at great length in our past episodes about how we were in such support of releasing films to these streaming sources, services, and so on. Uh, you know, some of them were releasing the, the streaming services and releasing them in theaters at the same time. Uh, you know, Wonder Woman kind of was the biggest version of that there was a few that did it but you know that was the big one where everybody was waiting for it turned out to be a pile of crap and so maybe you know it it like scared everybody else out of it but i think now that this you know and and for those listening years in the future you're trying to go back and just you know discover our early humble beginnings listening to these episodes uh we're in the middle of a pandemic there's a vaccine that's just come out and I think these people are holding out hope that, well, if we delay it, everybody will have to go to the movies again. So, you know, forget them. We'll just, we'll wait, we'll put them in theaters and we won't send it to streaming where they can have easier access to it. So I'm a little upset about that. I am going to slow troll it mm. because I don't, understand what all of these people thought was going to change (laughs) 
when they first pushed back these movies right. to the next couple of months. Like, I don't know in what reality, even last year, like when they pushed all these movies right. to April and May last year, there was no sign that anything was going to be, if if not somewhat back to normal, like normal enough to be going to a movie theater. Even there, to the point yeah. where there are some movies in, in this that, that got like pushed to August, which is like extremely hopeful that a movie could be released in August still too. I hope so. I hope we get to the point where enough people are vaccinated that we're pretty much back to normal, but like that's, that's still a stretch. So that's kind of why I'm trolling it. I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, obviously HBO max is doing their thing where they're releasing all of their movies on HBO max. We're actually going to get, obviously we had wonder woman do that. Um, we had on Disney plus, we had soul release and apparently that went really well. It was the most Mm -hmm. streamed animated film of last year. And that's, you know, it's only been a few, a few weeks basically that that's been out. Um, so that seemed like it was a success despite wonder woman being bad. I think the numbers on it were pretty good. Um, so now we're getting our first, our first dose of it. Upcoming next week, we've got the um, the new uh, Denzel Washington movie that's going to come out. They haven't really been advertising that very much, but after that, you get um, which they're making a big push for it uh, for Oscars, I believe. Or they're really pumping it out. Is that, um, that. Jud- Judas and the Black Messiah? Yeah, um, which is supposed to be really. It looks really good from the trailers. Um, and that comes out in a couple weeks. So it's going to be interesting to see how kind of more normal movies do. And then as they do more blockbusters as well, and to see what works with this strategy, what doesn't, um, we're going to get a nice mixture to see what types of movies this works for. Cause then in March you get um, Godzilla versus Kong, like a right. big summer blockbuster. Right. Um so we'll kind of see how it goes. And then you have something like Black Widow, which is still holding strong on that May release date. Is that going to go to streaming eventually or not? Or is it going to get pushed back too? I guess we're going to wait and, and find out. Well, I guess we're going to wait and find out. I mean, I just, uh, there was, we had, we were moving, like things were working smooth. I don't know why they're jacking it up like this, but it is what it is. Continuing on with HBO Max news. Yeah, yes. They are in very early development stages of a live action Harry Potter TV series for HBO Max. Neil, are you rolling or trolling with the Harry Potter live action TV series? Have we not said all we need to say with the 47 movies that have come out thus far? I'm to, like, look, not to get, not to, you know, it's an English story and that's nice. Could use a couple Americans. I don't know where the, where the, tra- you know, the transfer students were, the exchange students from the American version of Hogwarts, you know, I, we could have solved this problem much easier is all I'm saying. It's all I'm saying. Could have took a few pages out of 
out of the history books and, and resolved our Voldemort problem in a movie, maybe a movie and a half, maybe yeah. two. Uh, let me tell just you something. For the if there's one problem that, that Hollywood has is that they don't feature America enough or Americans. You're gosh darn right. Okay. <laughs> they don't feature it enough. Listen, here's the other problem. What are we, what is the story we're telling? They already went to Broadway and, and did the, the, the show about Harry Potter and his cursing child and why his marriage to the redhead is in disarray. And, and she just wishes, you know, like what, what's, what, what's it going to be? Like, I just let's, I've told you this before. I, I, I'm writing that movie. It's, they just decide, you know, forget it. Forget this magic stuff. One last spell will disappear us these kids and we'll hang on, head out to Bermuda and live a good life. Voldemort's gone. Let's get out of here. We've just been bogged down. We're living in next to the shoe factory where Ron's working. It's a misery. Let's just stop. He comes over every week, wants to eat our free meals. Hermione's, um, she went back home to live with the muggles because she can't stand him. What's the story we're telling and why do we need to tell it? I'm I mean, out. I'd watch that. I'll tell you what, I might tune in to check you out. You just made it up, so out. I'm sure you would I, right? too. Um, I sold here, the ticket to here's that. Here's the thing. I am, <laughs> I'm rolling with it. I, you know, mm -hmm. I love the Harry Potter books. Yes. They are incredible. The movies I really enjoy all eight of them yeah um they're really fun movies they do a really good job for the most part on mirroring what happens in the books fantastic beasts i could do without i was really yeah. looking forward to that universe expanding because really as a big harry potter fan all we have are those seven books mm. and they did them and that's over and we're not getting any more books so the only way to kind of expand that universe is through something like movies and TV series. And so far they've gotten it wrong with the, the ex extended movies they've done. So let's see what they can do with the TV series. I kind of hope that JK Rowling has, who is the author of the books has a limited um, input into into this well yeah series. she has not done herself any favors That's she hasn't sure. done herself any favors she wrote the fantastic beasts movies um she you know did the cursed child play which didn't go over well she wrote that she's been saying stuff that she shouldn't be saying in right. public and she has some Listen, everyone's entitled to their opinions but sometimes it's best that your opinions are kept to yourself um yeah so I, I hope she's very distant from this series. I just, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens here. So I guess I'll do a slow roll for now. One. But fair enough. Fair enough. Speaking of more book series. Ah, yes. And HBO Max. Do tell. We got news. Earlier this year that we had a Game of Thrones prequel series in development. That was the House of the Dragon. Correct. Now there is a second prequel series in development. The Tales of Duncan Egg. Interesting. That is, it's based on a set of three novellas that were written by George R. R. Martin. 
Um, The novellas follow the stories of Ser Duncan the Tall and a young Aegon V Targaryen who who are referred to as Dunk and Egg. And apparently the series will take place about 60 years before the events of Game of Thrones. Well, that's more... That makes more sense than what they were trying to do with this other one. That's like we it's so far before it's like thousands of yeah. years prior. Yeah. Uh, here's your problem. Because they did such a good job with Game of Thrones until that last season, which again, scientific term, pile of crap. Uh, it's you're either going to make another Game of Thrones. Mm hmm. Or you're going to go in a different direction. And I think no matter what you do, it's going to irritate people. Because it's like, well, I tuned in because I kind of wanted to see this. And then if you give them that, it's like, well, why didn't we just do this with some characters I'm familiar with? Or why didn't we do it a little closer to home or see what's going on? I mean, it's just, it's strange. Like, I just, I don't see, I can't see the story in my mind. And is the whole point to be in charge of something like they were struggling for the throne um, thousands of years before there is no iron throne. So like, and, and they don't even seem to be telling the story of the creation of the iron throne. That's a story I'd watch. Yeah. I think there's certain things like, you know, they mention like, I, I remembered oh, God, what is, I don't remember the character's name but he's a Targaryen and he's in the Night's Watch. He's the really old guy. He ends up dying yeah, and he's I on his Aemon. deathbed and he's saying egg, egg, because that was his brother. Yes, that's right. Um, that's right. So like I get where in the history that they kind of lay out in the books and the shows, the things that they talk about that happened in the past, like wanting to explore that more, that kind of makes sense to me. Um, mm. The things that I get worried is that is all of this universe building that everyone's trying to do, which is fine, but like everyone looks at Marvel's success in their the universe that they've built, right? But what they I think fail to realize as they're trying to cash in on that themselves is that Marvel had a good 60 years worth of content and stories and characters already created the the volume of stuff that they have in their arsenal is so great that they could pull from anything it's already there and created and they could take from it and because that content was so ahead of the movies and the TV series. Yeah. Those comics are still being written. So they're the TV shows and everything are never going to catch up to the comics. Right. By virtue of how, you know, how fast they're producing the comics and, you know, they can't ever make up that 50 year lead. The, key, the comics. Have. Yeah. DC kind of has a similar, thing going on but they're just not doing it well right game of thrones has 10 books maybe all written from one guy so they're making it up as they go along like star wars is starting to do it well 
where they didn't have that foundation of history, but they're taking certain things and adding on here and adding on there. And let's explore this character that was right. mentioned. Here's a side character. Let's do that. They're starting to get it now because I think when they tried to do big new things that they created with the movies, it didn't go over well, like as ideally as they wanted to with the prequels and with the sequel trilogies. Um so, you know, we'll we'll see how things go. We're going to get a Lord of the Rings television show. Like, yep. again, they're making things up past the actual source material because there's not that much source material when you really think about it. True. I mean, which is insane because the, they made three movies out of the one book, Hobbit. And then, you know, they went on and did 47 hours worth of the other books. They could have, they essentially, they could have opened all three Lord of the Rings books, read them out loud, and it would still be shorter than the films that yeah, they showed us. Yeah, I, re I really think, like, people don't realize the advantage that Marvel has. Yeah. The fact that they can just take all the best parts of mm. all of their storylines and characters and just turn them into TV shows or movies and put and their is, own spins yeah. on it. They could do new things within that, but right. they could just, they ha it's all right there. And all they're doing is taking it and putting it into movie form and making it cool. Everyone else, they have to make stuff up on their own. They have to make stuff up. And it is an unfair advantage because it's already broken down into episodes. Like a comic book yeah. is an episode. So that is, you know, that is an unfair advantage, but I get where you're going. So, Trolla. <laughs> we have our last bit of HBO Max news. And this one I think you're going to like in particular. Reportedly, according to the Fat Man Beyond podcast... Okay, Which I, is uh, these Kevin are Smith, gentlemen I enjoy. Yes, you're, you're familiar with him, and Quite his co-hosts were saying that the Batman animated series is in the works to come back Ooh. and be continued on HBO Max. Let Neil, are you rolling or trolling with a continuation of Batman the animated series? We have for many reasons entered into a, a, a it's it's morning again in america okay the the sun is shining uh things are finally starting to go right and this is the prime example of that the batman the animated <laughs> series is perhaps the best iteration of animated batman there has ever been um, Batman beyond was such a success because it relied so heavily on the Batman, the animated series lore, you know, what that was created there. And it was also animated, you know, that was the early two thousands animated Batman. The animated series was 93, um, 92, 93. So, it was a different style of animation, but also they did a lot to try and make it similar. Like uh, Terry McGinnis and when he was out flying around, it was a different style. But when they'd go back to the Batcave, it was almost like you were watching the animated series again. It was excellent. 
Um, I think this is happening for a few reasons without going into incredible detail. A lot of talk about Michael Keaton returning to the live action world. So there's a lot of interest in the beyond universe. Um, again, the beyond universe born out of the animated series, animated series, killing it on HBO max. I am almost through season one. I'm doing a rewatch. It just, it, it just feels so right. And, and if, if everybody comes back, okay. If, Kevin Conroy comes back as Batman. If Mark Hamill will come back and voice the Joker, it, it would just be, I think Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. I think he's dead, so he can't be Alfred anymore. But it would, it would just be so perfect that there would, there's no way this can fail. I just hope they don't do modern animation. Like, do what you have to I'd do. I'd be surprised if they did that. Give it that look. I would imagine Give it that, that they just do the same thing, especially if yes. it's successful as it oh. seems on streaming. Um, and and credit again, I you know, I, and then I'll and then I'll stop. But credit again to um, you know, he's a nut, but Tim Burton and Michael Keaton because the animated series was being talked about. Then Batman '89 comes out. And there's Batmania. Everybody's loving it. Then Batman 1991 slash, I think, early 92, Batman Returns happens. And that movie impacts uh, the animated series. Most notably, the Penguin. The Penguin was going to be like a regular looking person, just an erudite person. But they gave him the look from the movie. They, you know, they had uh, elements from both films appear in uh, the animated series. It definitely took um, its tone, its color, its uh, essence from those movies, those early movies. So I just, it's everything I want. We need this to keep the country successful, I think. That's yeah, what we I mean, come on, they're talking about you know, that, that green energy will bring jobs. Like, yes. no, we just no, need this. Batman, the animated series. More of this, less of everything else. Willy Wonka. Trolling. It's getting a prequel titled Wonka, releasing in 2023 with Tom Holland or Timothy Chalamet being eyed to star as a young Wonka. I, I don't know anything about uh, Tim Charmaine. Tom Holland is an interesting situation. One, again, I'll ask the question. Didn't we say all we need to say with Willy Wonka, the remake, our original Willy Wonka? I mean, the, the that one came out, it was either late 60s, or early 70s. Awesome. We're we're living in a world of of IP, man. There any any time there's existing IP, we're gonna get refreshes, reboots, prequels, sequels, and the whole bit. It's uh, the world we're living in. Here's the other thing: it's I, I like I sometimes am upset that Tom Holland's Spider Man was as successful as it was, because then that meant you could reboot something immediately after the last one came out. 
Like I remember after Andrew Garfield did his, they announced like the Tom Holland ones within a couple of years, like only yeah, one. But that or two. also like failed miserably because the Andrew Garfield reboot. Right. But but it used to be, it used to be perfect example. Batman and Robin comes out with George Clooney. Mm-hmm. Tanks. Tanks. Dist- you don't get another Batman till 2005. Uh, Batman Begins. Okay. But now you get an Andrew Garfield bomb and a year later we're remaking it. It worked. I'm glad. I love having this new Spider-Man into my life. But it's like what, you know, now you can just do that all the time. You don't let anybody like you don't give anybody a cushion to just get over it for a little while to want it. Like you didn't give me enough time to want it. Star Wars. I didn't have any Star Wars for 10 years. Then they gave me the prequels. Love them or hate them. Thank God there's Star Wars again. Then it goes away. All right. Another almost 10 years and we get the sequel trilogy. Good or bad. Thank God there's Star Wars again. Like you, they're not giving us time to, to be without it. They, there's a lot of time between this and the original I don't think there's any amount of time that can help me get over the Johnny Depp one. And I love Johnny Depp, (laughs) but that I certainly hope that's not the direction we're going in. I mean, would you agree? I would be surprised if, if they go in that direction after, after that movie. Um, I don't think Tim Burton's going to be brought back um, for any Wonka series. Um, I, um, I think I'm trolling it just because I'm not like that interested in it. Although I am a fan of Tom Holland. I think he's really good. Yeah, I support um, Tom, but I'm trolling the, the film. Our last bit, and this is kind of just revisiting uh, an old bit of rolling or trolling from a previous episode. Secret Service has cleared John Mulaney after the investigation that they uh, had into his SNL joke about assassinating the president. That's right. Neil, are you rolling or trolling with the Secret Service clearing a public menace like Mulaney? I'm not a big Mulaney fan. I say oh. send him away. Oh, no. Um, no, I. everybody tells me I need to give him another chance. I he's will so say good. this. From what I understand, he's behind all the like musical um, sketches in SNL. Like... Uh, bird in an airport or whatever it is the the bodega New York bodega. musical theater guy yeah. he also so he is the one who writes the stefan skits oh. with bill Hader. and yeah. so what he would do is he would bill Hader would see some of what he was going to read, but he would intentionally not show him like certain club titles and stuff like that. And he (laughs) was writing all those intending to make Bill Hader break character and laugh. I respect it. I love those sketches. Yeah. I mean, I, I I love the Stefan sketches more of that. Um, I also, I liked all of the like musical, um, th- he did one. My favorite one is Diner Lobster, and it's genius. It's like no one never order a, di- a lobster at a diner, and then it's basically it turns into Les Miserables 
with the you know the lobster being just taken to his death it's hysterical mm-hmm. um so i'm going to give melania a break his comedy has saved him and has given him a reprieve i'm signing the uh pardon for john mulaney i am rolling yeah uh, i'm rolling with him as well not you know being jailed by secret service i will say there is so you should look up his i don't know if it was his most recent special on netflix he has a couple on netflix but um there's one called kid gorgeous okay and he does this whole bit about how about Donald Trump uh-huh. and about how he's like a horse loose in a hospital. Uh-huh. And the entire thing is brilliant. That it's makes a lot so of good. Sense. And you should almost like you can even just fast forward to that part. I'll try to find the timestamp for you. It is so good. Um so uh, definitely, like you would, you would love that. That might make you in on Mulaney. Um, I'm willing. I'm willing. All right. That does it for us for rolling or trolling. Let's get into our suggestions from last week. Neil, yes. you watched Barry. I and did. I watched The Hard Way. Yes. I'm gonna start with The Hard Way because I'd, start with the I'd, hard I'd hard like way. for you to end with with Barry. Okay. The Hard Way. I've got a lot to say. Go ahead. Starring uh, James Woods, Michael J. Mm-hmm. Fox. Um, it was an entertaining movie. It was very like an interesting choice. I felt like for Michael J. Fox. Okay. Like, this is the movie that immediately follows up back to the future for him like he does back to the future part two he does part three and then the hard way comes out right which is i don't know is weird i wonder if like they didn't really know what to do with michael j fox after back to the future then he does doc hollywood right i never really saw that he does some weird kind of comedy stuff um you know, a bunch of stuff before he moves to uh, television spin city. Right. Um, I thought it was, you know, I, it was definitely entertaining. Um, he does a good job in it. It's a weird yeah. part. It's a weird movie. Um, the, so essentially what the, the movie's about is, Michael J. Fox, he plays a, an actor who's trying to learn a role. He's stuck in a bunch of these like comedy um, roles, not comedy roles, but kind of like hokey kind of It's almost biographical. And he wants yeah. something like he more. He wants to break out. Yeah, he wants to break out as a more serious actor. So he wants to be taken more seriously. So he goes to uh, New York, to James Wood's character are they in new york it seems like new york it's it new york or chicago like york. I, I think if... they were oh on... it's chicago it's chicago yeah. um he goes to chicago he's with james wood's character and he's james woods plays a hardened police officer um yes. and he kind of has to tag along as he's researching um 
the part and obviously james woods it's one of those like reluctant um buddy cop movies right um which was i i think you could have put anyone in the role of of james woods character and it the movie wouldn't change okay um which is fine like james woods was fine but i just you know i, I think anyone could have been that part with what he did and the mm-hmm. movie would not have changed um i thought there were a bunch of like the highlight for me in this movie was michael j fox like you could Certainly. tell why yeah. he was a star you could tell why you know he he was in all these movies maybe he could have made some better choices with the stuff he did after back to the future but you know and it's a shame obviously that his career got derailed with his with parkinson's absolutely um, because he he's really like a brilliant actor too like outside of like the comedy stuff and like the more kind of hollywood star roles like he can really do some real acting as well he he has that thing that they talk about actors having like he is naturally charismatic and can come across well on camera even when he's trying to be like emotional and serious you know yeah i always think about um his uh two episode guest appearance on scrubs (laughs) yes and like he's so funny in his guest appearance and he still has you know he has the beginnings of his his parkinson's and stuff like that and he plays a um he's like a hot shot doctor who comes into the hospital and he's like you know he's just so good at everything but he has like severe 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 ocd right and so like you see him kind of break down at one moment from because he's just he can't leave the room and from washing his hands after surgery and it's just like it's such a great moment that i always think about like oh wow michael j fox was an incredible actor he absolutely true without a doubt he also did guest shots on um boston legal same thing funny but also had a heart like tremendous tremendous Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i was surprised there were a lot of people in this movie weren't there that i was surprised you had um louise guzman was was in it for a little bit you had ll cool j was in it um you had um delroy lindo was the the police chief um penny marshall was in it for five minutes as Hot the uh, the as uh, michael j fox's agent, agent. Right. um christina ritchie was the the daughter of the the girlfriend J- james woods's character's girlfriend yes like this was a while ago people it's an old movie yeah you had uh, a lot of people uh, a lot of people in it a lot of familiar faces um you know it, it was enjoyable like uh I, you know, I would, I guess, take it or leave it. You know, Fair it's enough. not like Did you feel the best I, thing I ever saw, but I, I enjoyed it watching it. You didn't waste your time. No, I didn't waste my time. That's, that's the, that's the time. key. And that's, it's like, it's, key. it's one of those, it's like a classic, like eighties type movie. Yeah. Like you know they, I mean? they were had, definitely, or I guess it's more early nineties is, is yeah. what I should say. It has the, the vibe. It has the music. Right. Like they were just like, let's get, uh, I, I guess it was James Woods, like a, 
a hot actor at that he was viable at that time i mean he you know he had come off of big fame in the 80s he did a kind of a noir film uh videodrome he did a bunch of uh like t i don't want to say tv movies but where he was playing real life characters the mcmartin trial was a big thing that went on um and he like he was a go-to guy for that kind of role for like a serious gruff kind of role and then you know we talked about this before we know him from probably more from an animated role than anything else right yeah as as um hades in in hercules right he um yeah, I pretty that was much his time frame. That was I when almost he was exclusively there. know him from that and like being an online troll. Um, <laughs> yes. But other other than that, I, I haven't really seen much of the stuff that um, James he, Woods has been in, yeah. except for maybe like some bit parts, you know, later in his life. Yeah. Um, but yeah it just seemed like one of those things and we still see it happen where they're like we have two stars let's make a movie with them right that's it's you know we'll make did. them buddy cops we'll do we'll cash in on the lethal weapon success we'll do that i mean he you know he had been in a movie called vampires james wood that i really loved um you know he's he's gotten a little off the rails in his personal life but i think he does an excellent job delivering a manic rant. And there's a few of them in, in this yes. movie. Like he does a great job of, of um, maintaining, like, like, like you can see it, he's keeping it in, he's keeping it in. And then when he explodes the scene, explodes the dialogue, explodes the passion onto the scene. Like, I think he does that exceptionally well. Um, just that's my that's my take on James Woods, and even he comes across as that even in Hades, uh, in the animated Hercules, like he has his moments where he's like a cool suave, he's hitting on Meg, he's doing his thing, and then like he explodes in a in a rage of emotions, right? You know, and frustration. So I just I like I like it. He's he's got a thing. He does his thing well. But obviously, Michael J. Fox is the, you know, we're, we're trying to, you know, we went to that movie, we bought a ticket to see him and have fun and Absolutely. see what happens. But it's also interesting, I think, because they tend to do that kind of thing with comedians and like a serious actor. You know, like uh, you're going to take, you know, you, I, I suggested uh, Midnight Run, where you take Charles Grodin, who is a curmudgeon, but a comedian, a comedian actor. And you take Robert De Niro, who to that point had like really never done comedy, you know, and, and then you jam them together that. So this, you know, Michael J. Fox was an actor. I don't, I wouldn't necessarily call him a comedian, but I think he did a good job. Yes, he definitely did. Yeah. So your suggestion for me, and I finished the first season. I'm actually on the season finale of the first season. Okay um was barry yes i enjoyed it i'm not even going to bury the lead i enjoyed it a little interest like a little i had to i had to get into it like yep. i had to get myself in the right mind frame but here's what did it for me like I, I i do think it's strange i think it's you know it's definitely strange off the beaten path uh it's not a laugh riot no it second. is not um 
And so I was kind of fading, but here's what keeps me like you hit a sweet spot for me because Bill Hader is hysterical. And this is going to sound strange to you, but I actually liked his serious acting in um, an Amy Schumer film called Trainwreck. Yeah. Where he like, plays the straight man. Yeah. And that was the first time I was like, you know what? Bill Hader is doing something. He can act. It's not so bad. Like, mm-hmm. so I was, I enjoy him. Um, good for him. Good Bill Hader. Like it. And now I sit down to watch the, the show. I know Henry Winkler's in it. Love Henry Winkler. Might actually be the sweetest, most kind hearted and genuine human person living today. Like in reality. Um, I was a huge uh, Happy Days, you know, uh, watcher, rerun watcher. I loved Happy Days, loved the Fonz. I own like eight leather jackets, all because of my uh, influence from a childhood of Fonzie. I love that because he's so sweet in real life, it's nice to see him kind of just be like exasperated by the lack of talent in his acting class yeah and then to say okay okay let's cut that makes me want to vomit and then (laughs) and then give direction like he's he's excellent and then he has this he has this like affair with is it i want to get her name right and i'm i'm trying to pull it up oh i can't find her she doesn't show up on the main thing but has this like affair with a cop and it's just genius. He's so he's infatuated with her. It's hysterical, but here's what put me over the edge. I'm going to say a name, put me over the edge because I think the man can do no wrong. I think he's capable of every type of acting. And that is Steven root. Steven root is mm-hmm. genius. He's he plays, really good. He yeah. He really plays like, job. Bill Hader's hitman Hitman contractor. Right. Yeah. Um, And I like the comparison because he like, he doesn't want Bill Hader to be an actor, but he is an agent. Like he's getting Bill Hader, the hitman jobs and he's convincing him. No, this is a great idea. You have to do this. This will be wonderful. Yeah. It's going to work out. Don't worry. Because he's making his, you know, he's getting all of the hits that Bill Hader's doing. I love that. I love, I, I, it just, that was well done to me. The, you know, Stephen Root is probably most famous for um, office space. He plays, you know, the guy has a bit part, but he's like, I believe, I believe you have my stapler. I believe. And then there's that guy, genius, hysterical. He was in dodgeball. Mm -hmm. He was in a TV show. I loved where he played Jimmy James in a show called news radio. He was the, uh, radio station owner and he was just like an eccentric nut but just a tremendous tremendous actor he can do everything and he does it with a plum like he just is tremendous um, the cartilage that you can put him in your movie in your show and he's going to deliver for you uh, but the final thing that was tremendous for me you know i, I liked what they did i like his the the con the conceit of the show that he's a hitman wants to get out of it but really can't has to stay involved 
um, gets caught up in all these adventures and has to deal with it. Things go awry. He has to, you know, manage both his life and his work. I love it all. The character of, um, I want to get it right. Uh, oh, come on. I can't, my screen is going batty. Ah, the character of Noho. Yes. Hank. I've been waiting for you to bring uh, him up. He's my favorite person in the world. He's my favorite character. And he's played by Anthony Carrigan. Anthony Carrigan uh, is best known for his role on Gotham. He plays Victor Zaz. Okay. And he's made appearances in the flash. He's been around for a little while. I think this he's going to be around for a long time. Yeah. Cause yeah. he is so incredibly funny. His in the first episode. And I was, I was fading in and out a little bit. I was fading in and out. I was excited when Steven Root showed up. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to stay in another 10 minutes. Then when this guy shows up, no ho Hank, and he's talking to Barry about getting shot. And he's like, why don't you want to shoot? Them? And he, he has this accent. He's like, why don't you want to shoot him? It's crazy painful being shot. It's crazy painful. I just, the way he talks and the way he describes things, the way he dresses. And he's just like the most polite, well put together Chechnyan mobster yes. ever. The most like delightful Chechnyan psychopath ever and his accent is worth tuning in for but and then he screws something up and barry's pissed off at him and and if the boss finds out they're gonna kill noho hank and he's like what's all this talk about killing me barry i don't understand why it's a mistake it happened like his it just he's perfect he's just perfect so he gets I, even better in season two. I hope so. That's what I was I about to the say. The first episode might be the hardest I've laughed at the show. <laughs> There's one moment I can't wait for you to get to it that we'll have to talk about it. It is I, so good. I can't wait. I think it's been okayed for more seasons. Um, I'm late to the game, but it's like I can't wait to see how they. I hope they incorporate him further. Like. It, uh, he more, takes okay. on a much more prominent role in season okay. two. He's, like, he's that's definitely what like I they need. saw what they had with him in season one yes. and they rolled with it in season two. He's a, definitely more of, you know, he's a not presence. a bit character. He's like part of the main cast in season two. He has a big he, role. That, that's such a good investment. By the show creators, so I I'm in. I think it was great. He he is the best part of that show. Like absolutely, I, I think I just think he is the best part of that show. So well worth my time. Too. There we suggestion. go. Uh, awesome. I am glad that you enjoyed it. Well, what do we Your got for suggestion. this week? Well, I I have one that I think I've talked to you about. I don't know. I don't think I suggested this already. Now, we do have Valentine's Day coming up. Correct. We've got two weeks um, as far as like our schedule goes between this episode and Valentine's Day, where I think the theme of what we're going to do for these two weeks of Suggested for You is we're going to do some rom-coms. 
a rom-com a, a, a genre of movie that we both have an affinity for we do i enjoy Despite the con- the you know the social constructs that society <laughs> has placed upon men and their film watching we can enjoy Listen, a nice rom-com every once in a while all is right? it so wrong to feel no okay it's not that's right get off my back social construct I have a I have a suggestion for you. I I think I feel like I I have to keep a list of what a, all our episodes because I may have suggested this in the past. Here's my reason for suggesting this. Mm-hmm. I really want to use this as first. I watched it and I thought it was funny. It was like cute, you know. It was I was I was in a rom com mood. I watched it. I was like, all right, it's free on uh, Amazon Prime. Um, but I'm really using this as an excuse to discuss the career advancement of Hayden Christensen. Okay. Okay. And what we think of him as an actor, because we're very familiar with him from the Star Wars world. The film is Little Italy. Did I suggest this to you? You did not suggest it. And okay. as a matter of fact, I've never heard of that movie before. There you go. Now, it's interesting because I'm going to give you two actors. And I'm going to let you discover the rest because this is another movie where you're going to be like, oh, 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 that person. Oh, oh, he's in it. Oh, she. You're going to recognize people. So the other actor I'll give you is Emma Roberts. Okay. Emma Roberts, Hayden Christensen, Little Italy. Okay. I may have heard of this movie. Yes. It was, uh, I think it was like a 2018 joint. Yeah. And a uh, short stint in theaters quickly moved to video and streaming. Uh, but I think like uh, it's another one of those where it won't be a waste of your time. It's not going to be your favorite film, but okay. it's going to give us a fun conversation to have. I like that. I like that. That's, you know, that's, listen. Some people might think because there are times where we suggest something for each other and we may not enjoy it that much or, you know, I may make suggestions for you too, where I kind of know you're not going (laughs) to like it that much, but sometimes it's about the conversation that we're going to have afterwards um, that makes it worthwhile to see. Absolutely. All right. So I'm excited to watch that. All right. What do you got for me? So I, I'm just a little worried that the ones on my list, you're already going to have seen, but I've got a few just in case. Okay. So the first one that I have became a hit, I think a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. on netflix okay it is a netflix original interesting it is stars two up-and-comers all right um but it has co-stars that are are well known um interesting. the movie is called set it up i have not seen it okay great all right so set it, up. set it up is essentially about 
two. Well, I'll just read the synopsis. Two overworked and underpaid assistants come up with a plan to get their bosses off their backs by setting them up with each other. Hey, it's a delightful movie. It's what you want out of a rom-com. They do a good job kind of tweaking the formula a bit. So it's not something that we've always seen. Okay. Um, And it really does, in my opinion, make stars out of the two lead characters and or at least it it plants the seeds of like you thinking there's a possibility of like these two are gonna have real careers old statement um old statement indeed yeah so set it up you are gonna watch that um i am going to watch little italy yes and oh we're so it's netflix original got it got it got it netflix original i'll be watching on amazon prime getting into the spirit of valentine's day we're gonna watch some rom-coms and uh next week we're gonna have another episode of wandavision always exciting always and until then you guys please if you are enjoying what you hear um please subscribe to the podcast you can find us anywhere you find podcasts um leave a review that will really help us out as we try to grow this podcast um into something more than a couple of our friends listening um you can also find us on neil's website glued to the screen.com that's glued the number two the screen.com and until next time neil what do you got to say to the people stream on